0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Clubhouse Talk. This is Kylie Morrison, and I'm alongside what's what's turning into not so much of a guest, but a, a regular regular appearance on this podcast with uh, with Brett. How are you doing tonight, man?
1: I'm doing great. I got to witness a Blue Jay win, the Creighton Blue Jays. For those of you who aren't familiar with me, I'm from uh, from Nebraska. So they played Nebraska tonight, actually, a big in-state rivalry game, and the Jays uh, finally got it
0: rolling tonight, so I'm pretty happy. That's a big, uh, big in uh, in-state game. What is that? Three in a row now for the Blue Jays over the Cornhuskers.
1: I think it's three in a row, but it's um, like eleven of the last twelve. So, wow, Creighton's dominated in
0: recent memory. That is, uh, that's why we got those. What are the what are those fans called that that are Nebraska football fans and Creighton basketball fans?
1: Jisker, that's me right Jaysker. there.
0: Yeah, Chase, Uh a blue jay in the winter and a cornhusker the rest of the year. So, yes, sir. But no, that was a that was a really good game tonight. As uh, college basketball is back in full swing, college football is starting to come to close. We got two more weeks left. NFL is really in full swing as we just passed the uh, the halfway point uh, this past week. So let's uh, let's kind of jump in to I guess the, the hot button topic, which comes out on on Tuesday night's college football. Uh, and that would be the college football rankings, obviously. So the top seven remains unchanged this past week. Uh, still Georgia, number one, Bama, number two, Oregon, three, Ohio State, four, Cincinnati, five, Michigan, State uh, Michigan, six and Michigan State, seven. I, I know a lot of people out there are still really all bent out of shape on the whole Michigan, Michigan State rankings with Michigan being higher than them, even though they lost to Michigan State just a couple weeks ago. At, at this point, I was kind of bent out of shape and out of myself last week, and then I looked at it, and it's all going to work itself out. Michigan State plays Ohio State this week. Michigan plays Ohio State the next week. It it, it will be determined very quickly of uh, who's who should be six and who should be seven. It's not that big a deal. Yes, sir. So, um, But, no, I mean, it, I, after so much chaos to begin the year, this really hasn't had – this past week was uh, – Pretty pretty quiet up at the top of the of the board there. Not a lot. Everybody won. Everybody won big. Um, and you're starting to really see, I guess, the cream cream of the crop start to fire on all cylinders here. Here as we get to the end of the season.
1: Yeah, uh, these next couple of weeks, especially with like rivalry week coming up, it's going to be really interesting. And it's gonna there's going to be a lot of games played that are going to have playoff implications. And as we'll get to later in the podcast, I'm sure. Um, I think the playoffs are still going to shake up quite a bit in the next couple of
0: weeks. Oh, I 100% agree. I mean, there's too many, too many big games. Obviously, I, I just said Ohio State has to play Michigan State and Michigan to finish the year. Uh, there's a lot that could happen. Those two games. You've got Cincinnati, uh, who started to look a little bit better. They've got to play a pretty decent SMU team. They got to play a Houston team, most likely in their conference championship game before the end of the year. Uh, Oklahoma State still has a battle with Oklahoma the last week of the year and then probably a potentially a rematch in the Big, T- Big 12 championship game. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of spots still up for grabs. And I guess kind of the, the first thing I want to talk about here is is Cincinnati sitting there at five. They, uh, they came out in the very initial one a couple of weeks ago. They were number six. They moved up to five after, I believe, I forget who. It was. I think it was Michigan State lost. And so they they jumped up one spot, and now they've been sitting there at five now for the last two weeks. And the whole season, I've been saying, if Cincinnati goes undefeated, there's no chance that they get left out. Absolutely no chance. I'm starting to see a lot of possibilities here that I think Cincinnati could get left out of this playoff this year.
1: Yeah, I agree. There's just so much variation in college football this year. There's so many one-loss teams that I think are really, really good that – I hate to say it, but Cincinnati's resume just doesn't compare to some of those other Power 5 teams that have marquee wins. Yeah, they beat Notre Dame, but how good is Notre Dame? Um, a few weeks ago, I forget who they were playing, but... um
0: they had those back-to-back struggles against Tulsa, and then I forget who it was the week prior to that that they struggled with mightily as well.
1: There we go. That's that's, Navy. that's, that's, that's Navy and
0: Navy and Tulsa, those were those two games.
1: Gotcha. Yep. That's it. Yeah. They, they just really haven't, they haven't blown out the teams they're supposed to blow out, I guess is my point as of recent, I guess.
0: I agree. And so I'm I'm just looking at it and the way it stands right now, Oregon wins if Oregon wins out, which it, it is an, if they've got a really tough game this week on the road at Utah, there are underdogs going into the game. So it's clearly not a, not a guaranteed win for them this week. They still have a PAC 12 championship game to play. So, But if they get through the rest of their season unscathed, there's no chance that they're not going in. If Ohio State gets through the rest of their schedule, there's no chance they get, uh, they get left out. If Michigan State or Michigan finishes the rest of the season unscathed and they win their, uh, the Big Ten championship, pretty much the Big Ten winner is guaranteed as long as it is a Big Ten East uh, champion and it's not Wisconsin coming to the Big Ten West. Outside of that, I would say it's guaranteed.
1: Yeah. Does, does Wisconsin have it locked up in the Big Ten West?
0: Uh, I believe, I'm a big
1: 10 fan, so I should know this, but I don't.
0: I believe they do um,
1: uh, was, even with a, even with the loss to Nebraska this weekend that's gonna happen.
0: If that happens, I guess you could throw it a, a little bit uh, a little bit more wonky there. I, I guess who else would Minnesota, I know was briefly is kind of in the race out there on the west side. Iowa, I guess is still in the race over there. They only have two losses, um, but both of those are big ten losses. so um, yeah, they are gonna have
1: a third loss too.
0: Oh yeah, to so the Cornhuskers last week of the year. To the Cornhuskers, yes, sir. Your Corn Huskers that are not playing so hot as of as of late, but we'll get into that a little bit later when we start talking about um, head coaching jobs. But so I'm I'm just sitting there looking at it and it's like Alabama's for sure and if Alabama loses to Georgia in the championship game or any of the last two weeks of the season to Arkansas or Auburn, they will be out. But I, I'm looking at a team like Oklahoma State there, who's staying there with with what they believe they have two losses. ESPN has this wrong. Um, they have two losses this year. And I think that if they can beat Oklahoma twice, I don't see the reason why they don't get in. Uh, or, I, or I could see a potential for them to get in and a potential to get in over even an undefeated uh, Cincinnati. The way that they're playing the last couple of weeks. And so it's just, if you're a Cincinnati fan out there, or you're just a fan that's been cheering for a, you know, power five or group five team to get in this whole time. And this seems like if there's ever going to be a year to do it, it would have to be this year. I'm just seeing way too many possibilities for it. Not to be the case this year.
1: You know, I, I completely agree with you.
0: So Cincinnati is going to have to have a few things um, fall their way. So, it, it's just going to be pure mayhem this last couple of weeks. Um, we, I mean, it's all speculation. Good news is, like I said, a lot of it's going to work itself out. I'm starting to grow more and more frustrated at, at this only being a 14 playoff. I think that this it will get changed here soon enough. So it won't be that long. I have to complain about it. Um, but man, it's just tough taking only four teams.
1: Yeah. I mean, going back to Cincinnati quick. They're going to have to play SMU this week, who is no slouch, and probably and probably Houston in the champion, in their American Conference championship. So there's no guarantee that Cincinnati's even going undefeated the way they did play recently.
0: Oh, I agree. They absolutely have to play better if they want to go undefeated. Uh, SMU is a really good offensive team, and Houston has already clinched up that side. So if they make it the championship game, they will absolutely have to play Houston, who, by the way, has won eight in a row and just found their – or nine in a row and just found their way into the playoff rankings for the first time. So – there is a, uh, there's a lot out there still to happen. Uh, and then you start looking at it just kind of around what happened this past week. There were, I, I wouldn't say that there were too many surprising results in terms of for college football playoff implications, but I guess there were still a few surprising results that happened in football in general. And I think the first one we could we can sit there and talk about was uh, what on earth happened in, in Gainesville giving up 52 points to, to Sanford. Yeah, um, an FCS school. Winning 70 to 52, and it's just – they gave up – they were down 48 to – or they were down, I think, 46 to 42, 45, 45 to 42, I think it was, at halftime. It's the most points that they've ever given up a single half to any opponent ever in the history of Florida football. Uh, they did that, like you said, to an FCS team, and that is Sanford. It's just – I don't understand how this has – Basically, their entire season has just fallen off the cliff.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't think they have a bad offense, but their defense is horrendous. I mean, Emory Jones threw for a little over 450 yards, six touchdowns, and they had 253 rushing yards and four touchdowns as, a, as an offense. I mean, <laughs> given, given that's against Stanford or Samford, not Stanford. But, I mean, you don't put up numbers like that with a bad offense. No matter who
0: no no not at all I mean it, they do have a good offense and people were thinking that maybe the the defensive coordinator was was the problem they they fired Todd Grantham uh, two week a week ago two weeks ago and I, I think it's looking more like Todd Grantham was the reason that they weren't having this bad of a performance all year he was kind of holding the glue together just just barely and now that uh now he's gone you he gave up 40 points to a pretty inept and horrible South Carolina team and then you give up 52 to Sanford um I, I don't have any reason to to think that you know this is going to change going forward they got to play Missouri and then they got to play Florida State and I don't see how they stop either of those teams
1: no 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 shot I mean Missouri maybe they're they're that, that team's probably worse than Sanford to be honest <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah uh Closing out Florida State, I mean, that's a rivalry game. Thanksgiving, they, um, the Thanksgiving weekend? No. They
0: started to play better these last few weeks. They just had a good win this past week against Miami. Um, I, And it's just – it just blows my mind how far we've come on this Florida team from, what, it was week, week three this year or week two this year that they played Alabama and – gave them a run for – gave them everything they absolutely wanted there. The Swamp and came within a two-point conversion of tying the game late, and we were sitting there wondering, you know, how – we were wondering uh, how good that Florida team was and how far they could go, and could they give Georgia a run for their money. And, and now look at us. I mean, we're talking about this Florida team losing to Florida State. <laughs> that is a pretty pretty wild swing in the same year, and I have reason to think that if Florida loses any of these last two games – I don't know if Dan Mullen's going to be back next year.
1: No, if they lose out, I, I am definitely on the fire Dan Mullen train. It, it makes a lot of
0: sense. They've got a really interesting contract there in Gainesville for Dan Mullen in terms of it, it's a $12 million buyout with 6 million of it is paid up front. And then it is $1 million a year every year after that. So for six years. But the here's the key. That num- that $12 million buyout doesn't change if he's fired this year, if he's fired next year, if he's fired in two years. It is the same buyout. So if you don't think this is getting better in the next two years, there's no reason to sit around and wait and let this get worse, let your fans get more and more apathetic, and you lose those donations and you don't get that turnout. You've got to pull the plug now, and it's just – uh, I mean I don't know who even who they would go to but it's a matter of you would rather have ticked off fans at a new coach than have fans not show up for a bad coach that's been there.
1: Yeah, that's that's the tricky part. Um, teams like Florida and Nebraska and Texas we schools like that blue bloods and Tennessee even we we've oh. we've, ran, we've ran through coaches the past 10 15 years we keep firing and rehiring new wonder boy coaches that are supposed to be fix alls and at some point i think you just need to stay with someone find some consistency and just let it ride every team has growing pains every every team every, every program doesn't doesn't matter who it is alabama was terrible for a while before saving got there
0: yeah they were they were absolutely terrible in the early 2000s and say yeah. they were okay savings for a share. I think they were seven and six, and then they started picking it up from there. Um, and I'm not saying that I'm not saying that Dan Mullen is Nick Saban by any stretch of the imagination. I, I do think the biggest thing with with Dan Mullen there is he's just not recruiting in Florida, which that is really, really hard to do to be a bad recruiter when you are the head coach of the University of Florida and you have that talent base around you, and it's even Worse, when you look at the state of the programs of the other two flagship universities in your state, of Miami and Flo- in Florida State, and how bad they've been, and you still can't recruit at a high level in that state, and that I think is the biggest concern for Florida right now is that recruiting level of Dan Mullen. Because if you're not going to recruit, you can have you can have all the X's and O's you want, but at the end of the day, you still have to have the Jimmys and Joes.
1: Exactly. Didn't Dan Mullen say he doesn't recruit? Or- essentially lead to he doesn't recruit during the season?
0: Yes, there were a couple weeks ago, there was a uh, horrible, horrible quote that came out at a press conference of a – I think it was a student reporter kind of opened up a – really, it was just a softball question to him about recruiting, and and Dan kind of snapped on him, and he was like, well, we don't – I don't worry about recruiting in the season. I I worry about football games. And it's like, you recruit 365, and you have to be recruiting 365 in this day and age, and there's the transfer portal, and I'm saying – not saying that it is all lost, even if Florida has a bad class uh, coming out of the high school rules. But it's just, it really is concerning because he's, he never really had to recruit in Mississippi State to the level that he has to recruit at Florida. And, and that is the most difficult thing when you're hiring these coaches, they, they might have success at their program wherever they come from. Look at Scott Frost, he had great success at UCF. It is a whole nother ball game when you go out to Nebraska and you have to recruit out there. It is not the easiest place to recruit so You don't have that uh, super fertile recruiting ground around you. Not to mention you're competing with the likes of Iowa, of Ohio State, Penn State, Texas, Oklahoma team, big teams in your region or in your conference that you're going to have to go up and recruit against. And it is a whole whole different ball game when you're trying to recruit at that level.
1: Right, and going back to Dan Mullen. In Florida he has a pipeline of class a five-star recruits in his home state in Florida and he's losing those guys to out-of-state teams to Miami and Florida State who have also not been good and it's 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 horrendous
0: I agree I mean and so that that's why I'm if you told me Dan Mullen was going to get fired a month ago, I, I would have called you crazy. And now I'm looking at it. and I'm like, I don't see how he doesn't get fired because I frankly just don't see any way how they win both of these next two games or the way their defense has played. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. And if he does get fired, he will get added into this uh, long list of, of coaching uh, job openings that are popping up. I mean, you've added uh, Justin Fuente today, got fired. So Virginia tech's popped its way into the mix. Uh, Washington fired uh, Chris Jimmy Leak, I think his name is, out there in Washington. He was fired this week. So just off the top of my head, I mean, naming of of job buildings that I can think of already out there, you've got um, USC is open, LSU is open, Virginia Tech's open, Washington State is open, Florida could become open, Miami could become open. Um, Nebraska is staying closed. A couple weeks ago, Nebraska announced that they were going to keep Scott Frost. And you mentioned about, you know, you got to stay, eventually, you got to stick with some consistency. And it looks like that's kind of what Nebraska's doing. They're giving Scott Frost another year, you'll let him overhaul the, the staff there. What were your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. Um, I, th- I think this is kind of alluding to Scott Frost being here a few more years because he is going to need to get his right. Um, coordinators and assistant coaches in there to help him out fix his offense. Um, And next year, likely we will be starting over with a new quarterback, not named Martinez. (laughs) Um, Given Adrian could come back, I have heard rumors of him transferring. Um, Don't know how credible those are, but Personally, I, I like Adrian. I think he's a good quarterback, and I think in the right system, we could win with him, but I think it all is, comes down to who our new offensive coordinator is.
0: You know, I was I was talking about this recently with with my dad, actually, and I think Adrian Martinez is a lot like Jared Garantano was to a lot of Tennessee fans in terms of – I mean – Adrian goes out there and he lays it out there on the line. We game after game. And there's no doubt that he gives 110% for Nebraska every single time he goes out there. And there is nothing wrong with that. He's an extremely serviceable quarterback, but he just makes really poor decisions at, at the worst possible times. And eventually, I, I think you just need a new change of scenery. And there's nothing wrong with that. I just think that Nebraska needs to see somebody else under center. And I think that Adrian Martinez needs to be on a different team, taking, uh, taking snaps for them. And so I, I hope for his sake that he actually does enter the transfer portal, because I think that it would be a really good thing to let Nebraska go out there and try and get themselves a transfer quarterback, just get somebody else in there and just kind of get that little bit of life, little bit of new life, new blood, um, that, that little bit of optimism of, Hey, we haven't seen this kid who knows what might happen type of mentality versus the same old of, you know, what you're going to get with Adrian. And it's not that it's bad. I just, I think that sometimes a little bit of a change of pace can be good.
1: Yeah. Adrian's girlfriend actually plays soccer at Kansas state and, uh, Kansas state has been quoted saying, um, they're going to save spots in their recruiting classes, to take transfers. So would not shock me whatsoever. If he ended up at Kansas state.
0: Wouldn't be a bad place. Um, no. They got a decent program for them, and, and I think it could work out well. In, in the same kind of context, going back to a little bit of the head coaching, I wouldn't be shocked if I, uh, if I saw James Franklin leave Penn State for the same kind of mindset that I was just talking about with AJ Martinez. I just think that Penn State needs to see it. Not that James Franklin has done bad there at all. I just think that Penn State fans have gotten to a point where they want something different. I don't know how much better it's going to get for him with anybody else. And it might be one of the things, be careful what you wish for, but I think he needs something better. I think he needs to go to a new place. And I think Penn state needs some new life in there. And I would not be shocked to see James Franklin pop up at that uh, for that USC job specifically. And then I wouldn't be surprised to see him rumored with the LSU job. He did fantastic at Vanderbilt. And if Florida got open, I would absolutely see him going all the way down to Florida.
1: Yeah, it wouldn't shock me either at all. Um, Penn State is just one of those programs is cursed with being in a bad division. They have teams like Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State, all on their side of the of the division every year that's played over and over. And I, I just don't see Penn State ever becoming a consistently better program than Ohio State.
0: No, I, I don't see it either. It's just until – unless Ohio State goes through – more sanctions and issues. It's just a matter of you look at the culture and what's surrounded the program. Ohio State is a better place to go play football. It's a better place to coach at. There's more money there. There's better alumni base there. It's just flat out better. It's probably going to continue to be better. Now, Penn State plays Ohio State tough every year. There were probably a few years that Penn State can get a better class in there and they can have a better football team than Ohio State they've they've proven it in the past they've they've won the big 10 in the last 10 years it's clearly doable i'm just saying on a consistent basis i don't think that i agree with you i don't think that they're ever consistently going to become a better program than ohio state right and so in that sense i i don't know how much better it's going to get for them but it might give them that that sense of okay well at least it's somebody different um kind of resets it a little bit and if they got a good enough coach in there who knows they might They might get another uh, upset here or there. They might have a good shocking season the first couple of years. So it's kind of a, if you can get a good enough candidate in there, then I think that it's absolutely worth that risk for them. I don't know if they're going to do it. Really, it's going to, what it's going to come down to, is going to come down to if James Franklin wants to leave because James Franklin has a gig there. He's not, he's never really going to get fired from there because he's too good of a coach. He's too consistent of a coach. It's only going to be if he wants to get out of there and get out of the, the spotlight of why aren't you winning national championships and maybe he wants to go out West where, you know, what? It, it's a whole lot easier to go in with a more fertile uh, recruiting ground and a whole lot easier conference at USC than it is at Penn state. Right. Um, so that that's just another, another one of those head coaching uh, carousel moves that, that could potentially happen here before the season's over or right after the season's over. We'll see. And then, I guess the last big, big topic or shocking result that I kind of want to pick your brain at is: is Texas just forever done? Like, have is Texas ever going to be quote back? We just saw him lose to Kansas. Kansas Texas is cursed. Kansas had a fifty-six game losing streak in the Big Ten on the road or Big Twelve, or fifty-six road losing streak in general doesn't matter what conference it was. And they went to Texas and beat Texas on the road.
1: Yeah, Texas is cursed. Um, I don't know what it is, but they just can't seem to figure it out. I mean, every year you hear them, oh, Texas is back. Texas is going to be ranked in the the beginning of the season. And then they just end up being around 500. I mean, I I don't know when the last time they went above eight wins was.
0: (laughs) It's been a long time. Um, and, and I know this is Sark's first year and I know that he's got a long way to go. And, and I think that Sark could do a good job at Texas, but at the same time, it's not going to get easier for Texas anytime soon. You look at it in the next couple of years, they're going to join the SEC. Think it's getting any easier for them. Texas A&M is building an absolute base there in the state of Texas. They're recruiting extremely well nationally. Um, they're a much, much better program in state. Uh, you look at Oklahoma's going to join them into the conference. They're going to be uh, picking and poaching right out of the state with them. The rest of the SEC is going to go into the state of Texas and keep poaching. Uh, I just really have a hard time thinking that Texas is ever going to get back to that national dominance that they were back in the early two thousands. Now, unless
1: they can find a few extra years of eligibility for Vince Young, I agree. It's
0: just, it blows my mind. Um, Clearly we talked about a lot of these blue buds that have struggled, that didn't get their way, um, have been down, they come back. Oh, excuse me. And it's just uh it's just wild to see. Uh, because you know, text your football is better when you get those blue buds going. So it, I just couldn't believe what I was saying personally on on Saturday night when I saw that score. I think it was 35 to 14 or something at a halftime. And I, I bet everybody. Kind of saw that and thought the same thing. Oh well, this is really embarrassing for Texas now. But Texas will find a way to come back and win. And they tried. They tried their absolute damnedest to get themselves back in the game. But uh, a great call to go for two, in my opinion, for for Kansas. Say screw it. You got nothing to lose. Um, Goes for two in overtime, and off the win.
1: Yes, sir. Great Uh, week of
0: college football. What? Oh yeah, it was great week great week of college football. It's been a fantastic year, college football. You really never know what's going to happen week in and week out. It's, it's been extremely entertaining. Um, and you look at it, and I said this there uh, our last podcast, and I'm going to continue to say it's the same way in the NFL, man. You look at the NFL. In the NFL is kind of known as, oh, anybody can beat anybody any given week. But eventually it, it seems like teams start to kind of catch the groove and you figure it out by a certain time. We're halfway through, and I truly have no idea. One, who is the best team in the NFL? Two, who is the best team in each league? And three, who is going to win each week?
1: Right. I mean, the Jets beat the Titans this year, and the Titans are the number one team in the AFC.
0: How about that? How about the Titans being the number one team in the AFC? Who would have called that at the beginning of the year?
1: Um, I mean, especially without Derrick Derrick Henry.
0: Yeah, I know. They, they lose Derrick Henry. They continue to keep rolling. Um, beating, I know the Saints team was a little bit beat up themselves. No Jameis and no Kamara. But hey, it wins a win in the NFL. There There is no playoff committee choosing who gets into the playoffs. So you have that. You have the Cowboys after a horrendous uh, performance the week prior and looked absolutely inept against the Broncos. They come out and they slaughter the Falcons. You have the Ravens lose on the road at the Dolphins on Thursday Night Football. You've got You've got the Patriots absolutely thumping the Browns as they started to look like they were picking it up. Um, The Steelers tied the Lions. I I don't even know how. (laughs) You've got the Panthers completely beaten up on the Cardinals. It's just, I look all the way around and it's just nothing, nothing makes sense to me. That's the
1: NFL for you. Any given Sunday.
0: Oh, I mean. It is what – you're completely right. So, I guess if if you were sitting there and you were looking at, at trying to figure out what teams were – let's give your, your top three on each side. If you look at the NFL, you look at um, the AFC and NFC, who would be your top three? Each conference. Um, are we going as of today or – Yes. In the playoffs. As of today. Like, if you were sitting there looking at it, who are you – who would you say, or I guess you're looking at it, I guess, in a full, full season-long picture of, like, you've got three teams to put your money on on each side. Who are your top three teams?
1: All right, so starting off in the NFC, I'm going to go with the Packers. Um, Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. I know there's a bunch of off-season drama with him, but he's going to lead his team, and his division's horrible, so – they got that locked up. So I'm taking the Packers. Um, the Bucks, um, can't ever go wrong. You can't, you can't, you can't bet against Brady <laughs> and that defense is ridiculous and I will still take the Rams. Um, the, Rams with the Cardinals. Yes, sir.
0: Um, are you more worried about the Cardinals injuries or are you saying the Rams are going to pick it back and look like the old Rams, not the last two weeks Rams?
1: Uh, I think, well, some of both. I think the Cardinals injuries have hurt them a lot. D-Hop and Kyler Murray are two of the most electric, electrifying players in the NFL. But also the Rams are chock full of talent. And um, McVay is a great coach. So I, I still see them making a, a long playoff push.
0: He's a great um, coach. And two weeks ago, I would have agreed with you. Last week, I would have agreed with you. But, man, I'll tell you what, after that 49ers, uh, you know, thumping last night on Monday Night Football, I'm really starting to question the Rams and just how serious they are because as soon as they get kind of hit in the mouth, they're done. Nobody – they haven't put up a fight at all the last two weeks.
1: Yeah, uh, every team hits their struggles. Um, the Rams hit it now, better now than later. I don't, I don't think this will continue. Um, I'm a believer in Stafford. I've always liked Stafford. And their defense, we'll figure it out. Um, They do play in what I think is the best division in the NFL. Um, So their remaining division games will be a test for them. But iron sharpens iron. Um, They're playing the best teams in the NFL. So I think if they can get through that, they'll be just fine in the playoffs. Um, Yeah. And I was I was going to say heading over to the AFC, I have the Bills. Um, Josh Allen is phenomenal. Um, their offense is great. Defense is very solid. Um, the Ravens and the Chiefs. Bold take. I notice I didn't pick Tennessee there. I think Tennessee is a fraud, Kylie. I am sorry. I know you live in Tennessee. I don't know your affinity. <laughs>
0: Live here. I'm certainly not a diehard fan, but I am curious. to. I am really curious here now to say here why you say they're frauds. You remember
1: last year when the Steelers started off, what
0: was it? 11 and 0. It was either 11 0 or 11 and 1. And they lost their last five. I think it was 11 and 1 and then 11 and 0. And then they lost their last five games.
1: Yep. That's the exact same team I'm seeing right now from the Titans. And without Derrick Henry, I don't see this luck. Carrying on, and yes, I said luck.
0: I know. I it, it, there actually is there is technically measured statistics in football in terms of luck. Um, I saw a ranking that had the Titans as the luckiest team in the NFL, um, and I think in the NFL, like in any uh, professional sports, to win a championship, you have to get lucky in some sense or form. Um, so I, I don't think the Titans are frauds by any stretch. They they just went through a stretch of playing what the the Bills the Chiefs the Colts the um Ly- or the Rams and then this past week the Saints and they just went five and zero in that stretch. I don't care if you're a lucky team. I don't care that you know Josh Allen and them they stopped Josh Allen on the fourth down. Patrick Mahomes played like crap. Uh, you you jumped out early on the Rams and they couldn't come back they're getting the job done and they are beating extremely high quality playoff type teams week over week over week right now.
1: Yeah, I, there's no there's no doubt that they're a good team. I should have said they're a fraud because I don't I don't think they're a bad team, but I I would not put my money on them to make a deep playoff run, especially with I have mentioned Derrick Henry being out. I mean, he's the best I think he's the best player in the NFL flat out.
0: I, I do think that without Derrick Henry, they will extremely struggle to make a deep run in the playoffs uh, ju- just because you're going to get in there and all bets are off once you're in the playoffs. Every team is playing on a completely heightened level, a um, different situation, but right now the way that it, it's sitting up, the Titans need to do everything they possibly can to get that number one seed. There's only one bye week, uh, or only one bye team this year with adding the extra playoff seed uh, this year. So there's now seven teams making the playoffs, which means only one team, the number one seed, will get that bye. And the Titans will need that bye more than anybody else in the the NFL, and that is because of the Derrick Henry injury. Every week that you can get him, you can not have to play a game without him. The better off you will be if they get him. I 100% believe this Titans team – can make a Super Bowl run with the way that this defense is playing. Ryan Tannehill is more than the surface quarterback, and this defense is playing absolutely elite-level defense right now. It's just going to be a matter of, without Derrick Henry, I don't know where the points are going to come in the playoffs against some really, really top-quality teams, because you look at the rest of the AFC, and it's going to be an absolute battle royale once they get in the playoffs, whoever, those out of those seven teams that make.
1: Agreed. Well, I have a question for you, Kylie. Okay. So, in the NFL, if you were to pick one wild card team, just one team that not everyone would say is, oh, yeah, they're a Super Bowl contender, to make a run at the Super Bowl, who would you pick?
0: Because
1: uh, hmm. I have my pick, and I, there's some pretty good evidence to back it up. But I'm curious to hear yours.
0: That's a really good question. I can go with mine first if you want me to. No, because... I don't want to feel like I'm going to take your – I hope I do take your pick because you're, you're well and prepared for this, and I'm not. But I would probably say I don't want to rely on a rookie quarterback. I want to say the Patriots, but I really do not want to rely on a rookie quarterback in Mac Jones. So I, I guess without that pick, you start looking at it, I would say probably 49ers game that they played last night against the Rams somehow get hot and sneak their way in. Um, that team's got a really, really good defense and they ran the ball fantastic. and I think they come on the offensive side of the ball, especially the wide receiver. So, I guess that's kind of two answers in one, but I guess Patriots on one side and 4 year on the other side. If you're looking at a team that is not in that, that top echelon,
1: yep, I love those picks. I was going to say the Patriots actually, they're on a four-game win streak and they are second. In the AFC in point differential right behind the Bills. Uh, the differential is 98. Um, so they're, they're scoring the ball and th- their, their defense is elite.
0: Um, Your defense is absolutely Bill Belichick elite and Max Jones exactly. is better week over week over week. I just, I don't know if he's going to have the, the horses to get it done. The, the thing I'm most afraid of is that they do not have that elite wide receiver Uh, to throw the ball to when it comes to the playoffs. I don't know if you were, if it is third and 10 and you've got to pick up a first down late, you know, on a two minute drive, I don't know who they're throwing the ball to.
1: Yeah. uh, Kendrick Bourne has looked really good um, as of late, but yeah, I I agree with you. They don't have that big name wide receiver that the guy that you're going to look to on a consistent basis to be like, yeah, I need this first down. I'm going to him. But like I, like I said, that that defense is carrying the team right now, and defenses win championships. I know that sounds really corny, but hey, defense true, travels, especially in the NFL.
0: Defense and running the ball travels and plays in every type of weather condition, I don't care what it is outside. And if for some reason teams have to go to Foxborough, there's a long way to go. I don't know what the would position they would, would uh ranking they would have right now going to foxborough is never an easy place to play and bill Belichick is one of the best all-time to coach and you know he, he will have his team ready to go playoffs and they will have a great game plan so i i could see it happening because you know a couple weeks ago they gave the cowboys a really really good run for their money and and kind of flipping it back to the question i asked you of, of who you would have in the top three on each side I absolutely throw the Cowboys in the, in the top tier in the NFC. I think that you look at the NFC and you've got the Cowboys, the Packers. And I would probably say. I would love to have said the car, the Rams before this. I'm scared by the Cardinals injuries myself. Um, they just seem to be dropping like flies and without Kyler in, in Hopkins, if they don't both don't get back healthy, they will not be the same team. And I'd probably stick with you and, and agree with you on the bucks because Tom um, Brady in the playoffs is basically like free money you never had against Tom Brady. So that, that's kind of the way I would look at it the three teams. I I would say best chances to make a run on the NFC side if I had to pick right now, and you look on the AFC. Uh, definitely, I, I think it's the Titans right now. I think that it's the Chiefs. And I think that it is the, I think it's the Bills. I, I'm a little bit afraid of the Ravens. I think they got a little bit exposed. Lamar Jackson always scares me. If you ever have to make him throw and you ever make them go play from behind, a, they really struggle from that position. Um, the Chiefs this past week, Patrick Mahomes, like, like he finally learned how to play with two, de- uh, two high safeties. He finally learned how to take his check downs, and they learned how to run the ball the whole game. So if the Chiefs continue to play like that, I, I have a good feeling that we're going to see the – I guess you could say the chiefs of old and they still have a really saw the defense played better this week. They have playmakers on that defense. They have a really uh, good defensive line. They have playmakers in the back end that seem to come up and make that interception at really key times. Clearly they've been battle tested going to AFC championship game in the last two years. I, I would not want to play that team in the playoffs. I would not want to play Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. I would not want to play that offense in the playoffs. So they are a really scary team to me. And guess what? They have the second most wins in the AFC right now. And all we have done this entire season is talk about how bad the Kansas City Chiefs are. And they are right there at the top of basically right at the top of it. They have a chance to get the two seed. Nobody wants to yeah. go to Arrowhead. Nobody wants to go to Arrowhead at all. Agreed. So that was a really long winded answer there. But i mean, I mean, it's wide open. And I think that this is going to be one of the most entertaining playoff runs in NFL history. The one of the best ones I can probably ever remember. Obviously the, the divisions may not be some, or some of the division races might not be so much fun. The NFC East and the NFC North are both terrible. Uh, and, and so the AFC South probably the Titans pretty much have that one on lockup right now that since they beat the Colts twice, but you look at it at the rest of it there's going to be a lot of a lot of driving for for playoff spots that AFC North is going to be a really really fun race down the down the stretch that AFC West is going to be fantastic that NFC West is going to be fantastic you don't know who's going to win you don't know who's going to finish second because i would guess who finishes second in a lot of those divisions is going to make themselves and make their ways into the playoffs so that's kind of where the where the NFL stands right now the MVP race is just as wide open. We don't even need to, to start to get into that, but it's just a, it's a really exciting time in, in football. I, I truly cannot remember a year in both, especially for both at the same time, but just in general of having it be so, so wide open in terms of, you just don't know who's going to win, who's the top teams. Although in college, I think it's pretty safe to say is the best team in the country, but I think that Georgia has I'll say this. I watched that Georgia football team this past weekend. I went to the Tennessee game, that Georgia team. I've seen a lot of really good football teams. For for those who don't know, I went to a crap. I've been to a crap load of football games in my life. I went to 40 games in four years as a student. I saw the Georgia's, the Alabama's year over year. Um, Those top teams have a different look about them. Georgia has that this year, but there is one singular weakness on this Georgia team. And it is their back end. Their corners and their safeties have a small weakness. Now, their defensive line typically dominates you so much you can't get to that weakness. But if there's any team that can expose it in Ohio State or in Alabama, it is there. Um, Tennessee's wide receivers did get open in that game. Um or go, over, go for over 200 yards against them. It is doable. There is chinks in that armor, believe it or not. So uh I, I guess the last thing we can finish up here before we get on here is kind of a quick, quick, speedy episode tonight, or at least it feels like it, um, is college basketball. Uh, it's been a it's been a fun first week of uh, college hoops, hasn't it, Brett? Oh yeah. It's best time of the
1: year, college basketball, football, and the NFL all at the same time. And MLB just wrapping up, this is this is truly just the epitome of sports. You just you see so much. Pure, pure sport going on right now. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, it's, you've got basically whatever night it is of the week, you can turn it on. You've got something going on with it. smack action football on a Tuesday night. College basketball. Next week's going to be a lot of fun. You've got a lot of those Thanksgiving basketball tournaments, which are always a blast. Um, I know that the, the Maui Invitational, which will actually be held in Vegas this year, uh, will be fantastic as always. There's always good teams there um because he is playing in a really good little invitational tournament uh with with nova and north carolina and purdue so wherever you look around there is going to be really really good basketball all over the place so I, i encourage a lot of people to to take a look at it here in the in the second half and or look at it here at the or i should say next week next week and watch all that uh, good basketball. We've got a lot of lot of time to go before we even look at conference play starting in January. This is a really fun time. You start getting some good results mixed in, a really good non-conference matchups here for the next month or so, and then you got some kind of bad ones here and there. And not everyone has looked great, that's for sure. There's been some rust that teams are knocking off. Right. So, outside of that, you got, uh, you got any other big storylines or, or big news topics from the past week?
1: Hmm. I thought I could think of it off the top of my head.
0: All righty. Well then, uh, we'll go ahead and let everyone get on out of here. Then, with, with that, it's a uh, it was a quick, easy week. Um. Hopefully, next week we'll have a much clearer picture. I hope you guys. I hope all of our uh, beautiful listeners out there have a good, uh, wonderful, safe Thanksgiving week. Enjoy the the family time. I hope you guys all have a a big happy party meal next Thursday travel safely wherever you're going you got any big plans for the for the holiday week Brett
1: I'll uh, just staying in town staying in Omaha and eating my uh, eat my Thanksgiving dinner and then heading to the Iowa game Nebraska and Iowa
0: that will be, be a good one as always on Black Friday probably will be a cold one as well um, oh yeah I'll be uh, I'll be heading down and have my my whole family we're all going back down to Atlanta meeting up this week so that should be a good time looking forward to it my grandmother makes a a big old feast on thanksgiving it's my it's my favorite meal of the year and then uh we'll be quickly jettisoning back out of there to get up to to box on saturday to watch us hopefully we'll bump up on vanderbilt and get seven ones this year so that will be uh my thanksgiving next week so once again like i said you guys all have a, a good wonderful thanksgiving out there we appreciate the time you guys sitting down listening with us and then uh we will get back at you hopefully next week with an episode of the uh some updated playoff rankings there before the uh, the last week of football uh, all right everyone have a good one